evening and hello and hi, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of the Mr. Warren Hayes Show. <laughs> I hope that small moment of awkward silence made you feel a little awkward because sometimes it's it's good to get out of your comfort zone a little bit. Sometimes you're like, uh, it's okay to feel like you're like you're being challenged a little bit. It's cool. It's it's chill as you know, I think that's how you say it out on, you know, on, on the playgrounds. Cause I, I don't hang around playgrounds, which is actually a good thing. You know, isn't it actually a very, very good thing that I'm out here telling y'all I don't hang around playgrounds. 50 year old white guy stays away from playgrounds. That, that's actually good. You, you can listen to the Mr. Warren Hayes show in complete confidence that I am not the kind of weirdo who goes around uh, hanging out, uh, you know, around uh, small children. I, I, you know, feel like it's uh, I feel like it's a good thing. I'm not 50 yet. I'm pushing 50. But yeah, you round up, right? You like you, you, because Chad is like you're fifty. Like I'm not, I'm not there yet. I'm pushing it. You round up, right? It's you know, I'm, I'm, I'm more fifty than I am forty five. Let's put it that way. <laughs> Let's just put it that way. But hey, hey, hey! Thank you, everyone, for joining us here because it's the Mr. Warren Hayes show. We're talking about wrestling. We're not just going to talk about you know. Uh, you know, the, the weirdness of me hanging around, you know, schoolyard situations. No, we are actually going to be talking about professional wrestling here tonight live on YouTube.com slash Mr. Warren Hayes. It is November 11th, uh, 2021. Uh, it is uh, Veterans Day in the United States. It is uh, uh, Remembrance Day in Canada and most of the Commonwealth as well. Uh, salutations to everyone who has uh, given their lives uh, in the uh, service of all of our respective countries uh, for our freedoms, for our right to to, to do uh, what we are doing right now. Um, the ultimate sacrifice in and about itself. So thank you all very much. And uh, and I salute, I salute you and anyone uh, out there who have family members who are currently in the military. Uh, shout out to everyone. Um, it takes a lot. Yeah, it, it's a huge... Uh, incredible uh, um, what's the word vocation right like it's some like it's a calling essentially something that you know that I respect tremendously because uh, it's it, 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 it's a huge thing to give yourself like that to your country uh, I, I respect it tremendously so shout out to uh, shout out to everyone uh, anyone or and if you are in the military a doubly shout out to you as well um, there you go. Uh, hope, uh, uh, hope you know that at least on this side, uh, on this area here, your service is, uh, is, is definitely, um, uh, appreciated and highly, highly respected. Um, otherwise, but yeah, that's what we're doing here. You know, so we're, ta we're taking the time here to chill out, talk about pro wrestling. 
And we're doing it live, like I said, on YouTube.com slash Mr. Warren Hayes, recorded live every Thursday night, 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 Pacific. If you ever want to, if you ever want to join in, that's cool. Cause then you get to hang around equally cool people like Kelly Tonjes, who's here. Nice to see you, Kelly. You got Robert Larry here as well. Nice to see you, Robert. We got Mr. Fratz hanging out with us tonight. Nice to see you. Also got fifth generation Carney Joseph with it. <gasps> How are you? Got Jason PS3. How you doing, Jason? Nice to see you. We also got Justin Firestein who's here. Nice to see you, Justin. Got hey, look, is this Matt Ritter who's here from the Smackin' It Raw podcast? Is it is this what that is that I'm confused. I, I think so. Nice to see you. Smacking at Raw Podcast. Good times, good folks, fun times. DGMC is here as well. Nice to see you, DGMC. Let's see who else we got. We got Carlos is joining us as well. Mwad Ben. Nice to see you too. Uh, and uh, and Heather. Look at that. Heather. And William Davis as well. Look, we can talk, talk about a packed house. Right? Fantastic. Thank you all for being here, joining us live. Um, uh, and as Carlos in the chat just said, if you're liking this so far, give uh, give the video a thumbs up, give it a like here on, on YouTube. YouTube likes that kind of stuff, or at least it likes to know that you guys like this kind of stuff, because then it'll, it'll recommend me more, so on and so forth. It's a tiny little thing that you can do that helps out a great deal. So I appreciate it a lot, whether you're watching live, whether you're listening on demand, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you so much. And if you're listening to this on your favorite podcast application, because yes, Mr. Warren Hayes show is available as an audio on your favorite podcast platform. Well, you can also leave a like, a subscribe, a review. You can leave a review out there. You know, I, you know, a nice five-star review because I don't hang around playgrounds. All right, I'll stop. I'll, I'll, I'll stop talking about it because it's, it, it is going to start to sound weird. <laughs> um... Uh, but yeah, so yeah, all anything that you could do there as well helps out a great deal. And thank you if you're listening to this on the audio spectrum. I really appreciate it. Um, hey, full gears this weekend. I already recorded my full gear prediction show. It's out there. It's on the YouTube channel. It's on the podcast uh, airwaves. Not the right word. Um, but I recorded it with my old pal, the OG, the the homie, Queen of Ne. So if you want to get my full uh, full gear predictions. I'm not going to be going through them tonight. They're already out there. They're already recorded. Hey, hey, that's fantastic stuff. Go, go check it out. It's amazing. It is am absolutely amazing. Um, I'm, uh, I, I'm really excited. That, that for for full gear, I think it's going to be a great card. Queen was excited as well, so we got the time to take the break it down. Check it out; it's on the uh, it's already there on the channel. Hope you guys do take the time to check it out. Uh, and um, also, always per usual, please head on over to belltobells.com, b e w l t o b e w l e s dot com. Your women's wrestling wire all there. We've got all our interviews up on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash belltobells, Twitter at belltobells. Look, you, you guys know all of this by now, but just in case, you know. <laughs> um, so, uh, so yeah, so there we go. Um, 
next so so uh, so 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 yeah go check that out go check out our discord we the, join the mr warren hayes discord always a good time there the, the live watching of the shows is always fun it's a full gear weekend if you want to come and join us and watch along well you, like we don't actually broadcast it live don't get me wrong we don't broadcast like there's no illegal restreaming happening in the discord but everyone sort of hangs around uh, uh in the discord we chat as everything happens. We react. It's a fun time. Link is in the description. If you're watching live, the bot is going to have it pop up at some point. It's great stuff. Um, and uh, what am I forgetting? The Discord? Yeah, you have to join that. Also, also, uh, you, you, I'm doing a post stream tonight, which is what I usually do. I do it for members of the Mr. Warren Hayes Show channel here. So if you want to come... Join in. Uh, we're going to be talking about Full Gear. I want to hear from you guys. I want to hear uh, from the members. We're going to be talking about uh, uh, Full Gear. What is the, the match they're most excited for? The one they're least excited for? And the most important question of all, Kenny Omega or Adam Page? That's the This is what we're going to be talking about tonight. If you want to join in on the conversation, look, we take calls from the Discord, talk live in the chat, uh, right, right here, like on YouTube.com, and yeah, the live chat in the Discord as well. Uh, if you want to become a member, it's a good time. Plus, it's the 100th episode of my post stream. It's the 100th post stream that I do. Okay, uh, pretty happy about it. Why not? Let so it, it's a good time. It's a good way to show some support. You get all this extra, this nice extra content as well. If you become a member, you get the, uh, you 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 you, you get the emotes. If you join us live, that's also great. So come on over. Come on over and join us. Uh, become a member. Immediately when I'm done with the stream, to the, the main stream here, head on over and I do that. I don't know why I'm stuttering through my 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 opening spiel. It's not as if I, it's not as if I don't do it every week, right? <laughs> uh, and you can also show some support via Super Chat. And I will read your question or comment on the air so um i think we're we're ready to i think we're ready to get into it let's uh let's get to it then let me pull this up here i just realized that hope everyone is having a great thursday i'm having a good thursday you know what's kicking my ass though i'm not gonna lie you know what's kicking my ass it's the uh the standard uh the, the switch back to standard time holy hell like that's I, I like I, I today I'm like where is my energy? Where is my energy? But it as I get closer to 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 getting ready to do the 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 podcast then everything starts bubbling up and I get excited again I'm like mm, 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 let's do this you know. I'm then I get really into it. So uh don't, don't worry about my energy levels they're fine but it's like overall like there's a sort of a listness like I feel a little listless not listness, listless, you know? Anyway, look, enough about me. And I definitely was not covering up for a little technical snafu here. Here's the weekly wrestling inspection. Okie dokie, everybody. So, um... As uh, as as I am wont to do occasionally on the uh, on the Mr. Warren Hayes show program, 
I uh, set out a poll uh, when we start uh, when we start the live uh, the live show, asking the live audience, you know, what you know, topics, whatever. What what I'd like to to start with. Uh, what, what would you like me to start talking about tonight? And tonight it was like, look, tonight I'm to- you know I have topics on AEW. I have topics on WWE and New Japan. I was like, okay, you guys tell me what you want me to start talking about first. And you know the 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 number the the number of votes will decide the order in which I will tackle each topic. We're going to start by AEW. We got 85% of the votes. Then we'll move into New Japan. That got 10%. And WWE will round out the show unless I really go along with the New Japan stuff because there's a lot of New Japan stuff, which makes me happy. I love when there's some New Japan content to talk about. I think there's a lot of good things. Uh, I think there's a lot of good stuff to to talk about but before we move on Dylan McKenzie I see you there good to see you welcome to the chat as well as AK Germany 96 let's get right to it I forgot I forgot to open this is very unprofessional what I'm going to do not as if I'm a bastion of professionalism to begin with you know it's not as if it's not as if you should turn to me for all your tip-top top-notch professional podcasting uh techniques but like i i I usually have two drinks right like this is well documented right hydration is important you guys know how i feel about hydration i I always have like just a standard pint of water and then i have a little something with a little fizz and i had and i and i brought myself some 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 lacroix um lime water so, but but the thing here is that I haven't opened the can, and I usually open the can before starting. And just as I was starting the podcast, just as I was starting to record live, I knocked over this the the pint of water, and it spilled like all over myself, my chair, and the floor. So I had to, and and I'm talking like minutes before starting. So I had to go off and change, and I'm actually like, this is how quickly I have to change. Look, I've. I've pajama bottoms which is something i never do i'm telling you usually like I, i'm you know i'm in jeans like i have proper pants on i never do this but I, like i had to grab the first thing that was like really close like, ah. and i have a towel here on the, on the floor just to make sure that you know so i spilled the water so i ran back. so all of this to say that because I created a disaster like minutes before hitting the live, uh, g- going live, I didn't crack open the can. Now I'm gonna crack open the can, and I don't. I, it's something. It's something that annoys me when people do this. I'm sorry, and, and it's. But it's a pet peeve. I like honestly. If you, if you, I've said this before because I've had pals in the past, and like the smart to death guys. You know, they'd have a beer. Uh, you know, they'd crack it open as they say, and that's fine. That's their own thing, and but. Me, the the sound of of a can going crack it's it's not something that's appealing to me it, it's a bit of a pet peeve but that's just me you know like if you you know if this like turns you on <laughs> or you know if it get you know if it gets you worked up you're like mm, 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 makes me thirsty you know good you know that's fine it's it's for me cracking it open like i don't like it when podcasters do it Again, that's just me, and it's a tiny pet peeve, and I'm just like, that's all it does. Mm-hmm. 
some LaCroix lime, which I like. Since we're talking about AEW to start with, <laughs> here I was saying, right? Oh, my energy levels are so low. I'm fucking all over the place. All right. Yeah, does anyone have a can cracking fetish? <laughs> all right. Um, we're already off the rails here. I haven't even started talking about wrestling. Um, there's a big to do on Twitter happening. Uh, uh, as we are, as we are coming on the air, uh, th there was the, um, and I'm going to talk about it just a little bit. <clears throat> uh, and, and you know, it, today was the AEW media call that they do before every pay-per-view per usual. Uh, this time it was Tony Khan who was there as opposed to, uh, Cody, when, uh, when Cody, uh, when uh, Tony Khan was there, uh, fielding questions. And there was a question that he took from um, from a pal, Ella J, uh, also contributor to uh, um, to Bell to Bells, fine, fine human being. We love we love ourselves, Ella. Uh, and uh, she she asked him a question, uh, asking uh, asking him whether or not AEW was planning on. Um, uh, whether or not AEW was planning on doing a women's event and she used NWA and power as a comparison. So do you, you know, a, a, just a very simple question. Now, before she actually finished her question, Tony Khan jumped in and he said, look, I'm going to cut you off. And he answered her with a really bizarre question. Uh, answer. I'm sorry. He didn't answer with a question. He answered with an answer, but a, a bit of a weird response where first of all, where, he started saying that he didn't get enough credit for sending his talent. Cause he, he, you know, he said he sent a uh, uh, red velvet, Layla Hirsch and Kylan King to, um, to empower. And, uh, and he's like, oh, I didn't get enough credit cause I paid for them to be there, which is weird. Don't get me wrong, but he said, you know, basically saying, you know, going off on a thing where he's like, you know, I don't understand why I didn't get more credit for this. You know, I paid for my talent to be there and wrapped up his comments, his thoughts, uh, then like basically coming around the bend to readdress Ella's question. But basically by using the typical AEW deflection answer that they give every time someone asks about the women's division which is, oh, we're very proud, we're doing strides, we're going forward, we're doing big moves, so on and so forth. Like, always the good thing. Now, <laughs> I, I, I want to make sure, this is what I want to point out here, and this is, it's so boxy, okay? But it's my podcast. If I can't be so boxy on my podcast, where the hell am I going to be a soapbox on Twitter? <laughs> now the fact that th my main issue the main problem i have with the way that he responded and is is the is is the fact that he interrupted ella that's that's my main problem it's not 
the fact that he, you know, he suddenly went off on, you know, the NWA and paying them or whatnot. Although I did find it strange that he was, that he, that his response was kind of like, well, hey, I'm entitled to getting a little more, uh, a little more attention, you know, kind of thing. And I'm like, all right, uh, sure, pal, you know, kind of thing. I'm like, whatever you say. It's, I mean, it's, it's, it's not, it's not great. And the fact that they circle, that he circles back and gives us the typical AEW women's division answer. Because at this point, I can probably say it, but I could probably answer it by heart at this point. Because it's essentially all the same points. You know, I sort of enumerated them earlier, uh, just a minute ago. Um, um, you know, we're working hard, uh, you know, the women, we're very proud of the women, we're very proud of the talent that they're putting in, working hard with Dustin, training really hard, um, we're, uh, you know, we're always looking to give them more time to improve, uh, you know, we, we're, we're doing good, but we can always do better, that's essentially always the, Tony gave, gave, gave it today, Cody has given it every time that he's asked about the women's division, it's always the same thing. This has been, we're two years running, heading on to three in regards to these types of answers regarding the women's division. But my problem is the fact that he cut off Ella. And, you know, and again, you know, like I, I made sure that you understood that I like Ella, have a working relationship with Ella. She's, uh, she does good work. We, I'm always happy that she's able to, to to work with us and do things with us. She's, 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 she's great. Look, she's great. So I want to make sure that this is, you know, that maybe there is a bit of a bias happening here. But at the same time, I can tell you very, very strongly that it's terribly difficult for women to get hired first and foremost as wrestling media right writers so on and so forth it is usually it is extremely difficult for them to get into these circles and when they do it's even more difficult for them to be part of these media scrums which happens but get to get called on and it's improving but it's still extremely difficult plus so, so when you do call on a woman and you cut her off, those are not good optics when it's already a struggle for women in the field to get into these positions first and foremost. Um, and the, um, so, so I, just on that, it's, it, it's kind of bad optics. I don't, would, would he have cut off? I don't know, Bill Pritchard or Sean Ross Sapp or Mike Johnson. I don't know. I don't think he cut off anyone else during the, uh, during the, uh, during the call. I don't, I don't think so. That's my main issue. And it's doubly bad optics when people are asking you questions about your women's division which is a contentious issue amongst fans. I think we're all in agreement with that. When, you know, wherever where, wherever you, you, you fall on whether they're doing a good job or a bad job, I think objectively everyone agrees that it's a contentious issue within, um, within the community, within 
with wrestling fans. So the fact that you're cutting off a woman asking you about your women's division to go off on a tangent about how you paid your women for the NWA and Power Show, that's, it's just terrible optics. And it doesn't help your case. It's just not a good look. And, you know, I, I, I think I'm on, like, I'm on the record here, right? I, wouldn't you regular viewers, listeners agree that I've been on the AEW is doing better train recently, wouldn't you say? Like, I haven't been, uh, I, you know, I'm still very op- cautiously optimistic, but I've been enjoying what they've been doing. I think the, the the TBS title tournament, I think it's fantastic, and I can't wait to talk about it a little more this evening. To do an update, because I love me some tournament wrestling, and they're doing it for the women, and they're taking their time. They're not relegating it to a YouTube show. Like, I've been, I've been... I've been very high on the the clear effort and direction that AEW is trying to give their women's division. Then again, you know, we turn around, we're getting, you know, um, one woman's match on the main card. You know, there's nine matches on the main card and only one of them is uh, is a women's match. You know. My point is, and is the optics of it. I know firsthand, working with Kristen, who is, of course, the editor-in-chief co-owner of Bell to Bells, and also the editor-in-chief of my heart. <laughs> I know how difficult it is. I know how, how uh, she has to work a little more, a little stronger, a little, a little more than everyone else does. I, I, I see it. So for this kind of stuff to happen, especially in a, con- in a in a situation where you're considered to be a little contentious, you know, it's considered to be a little contentious what you're talking about. I don't think it was the appropriate response. And I'm going to tell you one thing, you know, on the opposite side, if I, <coughs> if true, and I don't see, <coughs> excuse me, I don't see why Tony Khan, uh, you know, owner CEO, uh, uh, head of creative, all of his titles, of AEW, I don't see why he would go out on a media call and say something outrageously false, like, I paid my talent to go there, unless there was some truth to it, because there's no, because the NWA could easily retaliate, you know, regardless, you know, they could, so if it is, you know, if it is true, I want to know why, why he did it, why he paid his talent to go on someone else's show that it, it, that's kind of weird, but it has nothing to do with the, with the, him reacting, the fact that he reacted as such here, the fact that when Ella mentioned NWA power, you know, he, you know, he got triggered. Oh, no, I'm going to stop you there. Because NWA, like I'm, I'm, I'm exaggerating. He didn't react like that, you know. But it felt like, <coughs> excuse me, it felt like he suddenly got triggered. That it lit something under him. Was like, no, guy, I'm gonna settle this right here. Clearly, giving us a, a little peek behind the curtain. I don't think like everything is fine and dandy. I don't think everything is sweet as caramel pie right now. 
between the NWA and AEW. I think, you know, you don't air a grievance like this if your partner's doing good by you. Because later on in the call, he's talking about how great of a, 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 of a relationship he has now with New Japan as opposed to when AEW started. They've cultivated a great relationship and they're looking to push it forward <clears throat> even more. So it's weird. It's weird. But ultimately, I think that it was that the optics of him cutting off a female journalist asking a question on a media scrum about your women's division, which is already a contentious decision, is bad optics. I think it's weird. Okay, I don't want to spend the entire show on this, but I do want to say hello to John Bear Gaming. Nice to see you, John Bear Gaming, and Mr. Fantastic has joined us as well. Pete Davies, did I say hello to you, Pete? Nice to see you, Pete. Nice to see everyone. Thank you for being here tonight, everyone. Um, all right, <clears throat> let's go back to, let's go back a, a, just about a week from, a, a, just about a week ago, we're going to talk about AW Rampage from last Friday. You know, AW, fun little show per you. Uh, that's the thing with Rampage. Consistently, the easiest wrestling watch from any of the main television programs. I want to let me know what you guys thought of Rampage last week, by the way. Um, Brian Danielson defeating Anthony Bowens. Fun little match. Anthony Bowens, man, he cannot, he can't sleep on the guy too much. Can't sleep on that guy too much. You know, I know, I know everyone's, you know, enamored with Max Caster because he does, you know, he's doing a 2021 version of uh, the Doctor of Thugonomics, right? But, uh, but Bowens, man, Bowens is great. I really like him. He is not a guy to be slept on. Fun little match they had there. We had uh, the last of the first round tournaments. Tur first round tournaments. The last of the first round matches of the AEW TBS title tournament. Where Red Velvet defeated the Bunny as I predicted. And I just realized here. Um, TBS tournament standings I don't ha I I didn't pull up a graphic so I don't have the brackets right now uh let me see what we have here okay so we have it here there I got it <laughs> just want to make so basically uh the round one matches are all out of the way we're moving into the quarterfinals where everyone had the buys but I just want to point out because we're gonna do the we're doing it now. We're doing the the update of the TBS tournament right here. I just want to point out that I've been right <laughs> with all of my first round picks. So I am batting one thousand right now, kitties. I I'm just I'm swinging for the fences and I'm hitting everyone and everyone is going over the fence for a home run. Now. I want you all to take a second to appreciate how someone who doesn't enjoy real sports is able to use uh, uh, sports uh, analogies like that with aplomb and in correct 
circumstances, please take a moment to appreciate all of that. As well as the fact that I'm, you know, I'm, I, 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 you know, as also, you know, like I'm, I, you know, I'm batting a thousand. I, you know, I have a perfect score so far. So the quarterfinals, we've got Ruby Soho, who had a bye. We'll be taking on Jamie Hayter. I think, I, I think Ruby Soho moves forward. Jamie Hayter, she's fantastic. Don't get me wrong, but I think there is, uh, there is a spot. It's important that a big baby face moves on here. Jade Cargill, got a bye. We'll be taking on Red Velvet. The match that I thought they were going to do, Red Velvet, she performs excellently in high pressure situations. She's wrestled Jade a couple of times in the past and she makes Jade look like a million bucks every time because J again, not taking away anything from Cardgill's intangibles, what she looks like, her, her physique, like she, I will never look as good as Jade Cargill. Don't, that's fine. Uh, still very green. So she needs someone like Red who is going to accentuate all of her strengths. Red Velvet is gonna is the perfect, perfect fit. So Jade Cargill versus Red Velvet. Jade's gonna win. They're, they've put, I mean, there is two ways you can look at this. And I think we discussed this last week. There's really two ways you can go about doing this. Jade, you know, the favorite, the, 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 the company uh, superstar, you push her, push, 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 push Jade. Because they, they, you know, they do, they are putting a lot into getting Jade over, into making her a star. They're, it would be weird if they had her lose and not go forward in the tournament. Unless they have title plans, world title plans for her shortly, I think it'd be weird if she lost here. But that's just me. Um, however, there is a compelling argument to be made that if you wanted to have someone in this tournament be, have the Cinderella underdog story, Red Velvet is perfect. Perfect for that situation. Fans love her. She's, and she's a clear underdog in this match with Jade, especially since she has a losing record against Jade. This would be great. This would be absolutely great. But I don't think they're going to do it. I think the safe money, like if I were a betting man, I would bet on Jade. But I'm pretty sure if Red were to win, there'd be a substantial amount of money to be made there. Here is the real, this is the toss up here. Nyla Rose versus Hikaru Shida. This is the tie, this is the toss up match because I think you can go either way here. I think you can go, um, I think, wait a second. Uh, I think I, I was confused, right? I just realized, I don't think I had a good version of the bracket here. Yeah, it was Thunder Rosa. I'm gonna have, Thunder Rosa is going to be facing Jamie Hayter, not Ruby Soho. I apologize. I, I clearly didn't have, I didn't, I didn't have a good, uh, a properly updated bracket here. And I apologize. That's on me. Um, was the last thing I had to prepare and I didn't prepare it. I apologize. But here, sorry about that. Thunder Rosa is going to be taking on Jamie Hayter, right? As opposed to Ruby Soho. 
Ruby Soil was taking on Chris Statlander. I'm sorry. But, but my point still stands. I think Thunder Rosa moves forward because she is a tremendous babyface. A tremendous babyface. And I think she's, you know, you're going to have a good old-fashioned Thunder Rosa, Jamie Hayter thing. Plus, you know, Jamie Hayter is still part of Britt Baker's crew. So, you know what that means. We're still sowing the seeds here for another Thunder Rosa, Britt Baker match. This is what we're getting here at the same time, which is clearly something that people want because uh, when they uh, when they when they stood face to face against each other and, th- and threw hands uh, on Wednesday, Thunder Rosa and Britt Baker, uh, people popped huge for it. They were excited about it. So for sure, you know, we're we're gonna keep just sowing the seeds here. It's going like that. So Thunder Rosa is going to uh, versus Jamie Hayter's on the minute, and Thunder Rosa goes for it. Jade Cargill, Red Velvet. Again, there's a there's a compelling argument to be made for. Um, uh, 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 um, there's a compelling argument to be made for uh, Red Velvet to go forward as a as an underdog, but I think Jade Cargill is going to go for it. So uh, so back to Nyla Rose and Hikaru Shida. To me, this is the toss up. Because look, either way, between Chris Statlander and Ruby Soho, which is the last of the, um, uh, which is at the bottom, basically, of the uh, quarterfinal brackets, Chris, uh, Statlander and Soho are two baby faces, two people who are over with the crowd. I personally think you go forward with Ruby Soho. That's what I think you do. I think Ruby has a lot of upside. Now, the question is, what do you want on your... But the, these are two baby faces moving forward. Nyla Rose, Sheeta, is that... Uh, do you go with another baby face versus baby face in the following round and have Sheeta go forward? Or do you go with Nyla Rose getting a win over Sheeta and then you have a big-time heel to go up with you know, a big baby face. This is a, it's a bit of a toss-up here, right? You know, I, I wish I had, you know, a, a, a clear clear perspective here, but the way that I'm booking the tournament, my finals is top crowd fan favorite Ruby Soho taking on, you know, monster heel Jade Cargill. And again, this is another situation where Soho can help accentuate Cargill's weaknesses, right? So I think there's, so I think there's something to be said there, you know, for that final to have those two there. So you know, regardless of how we get there, I that's my prediction to, for the end. I think we get Cargill and Soho in the finals. Now. You can put Nyla Rose over Sheeta very easily. You can do one of two things. You can have Serena Deeb stick her nose in the business, right? You can do that. Like, AEW doesn't have really, you know, it's not something they do very often, but they could do that. Have Deeb just interfere. Or you could play off the fact that Serena Deeb, you know, in her last match with uh, Sheeta, beat the shit out of her. You know, so you can have... She'd have come in um, hurt, you know? 
Although it's been a couple of weeks, so you know you'd be like, well, she would have had time to heal, wouldn't she? Unless she really got hurt, you know. It, it, it depends. It's all storytelling. It's all kayfabe, regardless. But I think there is there is an easy out here for for Nyla Rose to like to exploit if if she does. If she if she does hurt, well, you know, there there there's a story there for Rose to take advantage of that. Statlander and Soho. I just I just think I think Soho in the finals, Jade Cargill. I think it's a, I think it's a more I think it's much more of a solid finish final match can and she can take good care of jade in the meantime you know what i mean she can help her out quite a bit experienced veteran because don't forget here's the thing don't forget the best way and any wrestler will tell you this the best way to improve as a wrestler is to get into the ring and actually wrestle other people and you know veterans people who are very good at it you know people that you can learn from sometimes i feel like there are sometimes i feel like i have to preface a lot of my jade comments with jade jade is really good like she has a lot of potential and she has i have to preface that a lot because i feel like a lot like it, it can easily be misconstrued as Oh, he thinks Jade Cargill is terrible. I don't think she's terrible, and I actually see her potential. I think she has a lot of upside. I don't think she's ready to be in the spot they want her to be in. That's, but that's not on her. That's the booking, right? That's a whole other thing. Um, and I think that the more that she wrestles experienced, high-level, high-caliber, world-class talent, the better and the faster she will improve. Nothing against Red Velvet. Red Velvet is two, three years into the business, maybe a little more, but she's still relatively new, as opposed to Ruby Soho, who was, who's been in the business for 15 years, something like that, maybe a little more. That's how you improve. That's how you get better. And hopefully that's, that's what we'll see. I just, I want Jade, I want Jade to succeed. I really do. Because I think she does have a lot of upside. I really, really do. I want her... I, I, I want her to... I want her to go down the Nyla Rose route. Where I could not stand to watch Nyla Rose matches. And then in 2020, Nyla Rose just like, boom. She exploded. She improved. I was like, holy shit. She's, she's been putting in the work. She's been training. Perfecting everything she's been... And now it's like, sure, bring, give us more Nyla and less Vicky. <laughs> so back to Rampage, we had, uh, uh, we, so we had, uh, um, as, as I said, I was, which led us into the TBS title talk, Red Velvet versus the Bunny. And then the main event, Adam Cole versus John Silver, which was a blast. Let's. Just, just call it what it was. It was so. It was a lot of fun. It was so much fun. It was a fun little match. And I think that's all that happened on Rampage. I don't think anything else of note took place. 
I don't, I don't seem to recall anything. I don't seem to, to, um, I don't seem to recall anything else happening. Yeah, it's a one-hour show. You can only put so much into it, right? I mean, a, so yeah, that would that would be it. What are you talking about, Warren? There was the CM Punk Eddie Kingston promo. <laughs> I mean, it's the greatest thing that happened, right? It's one of the greatest promo segments this year, if not the greatest. And it will be fondly remain remembered as we in in 10 years from now when we're sitting around doing our AEW recap podcasts, because <laughs> you know those are happening. This is something we're going to be talking about. Oh, it's that Rampage. It was for that full gear where we got that promo. God damn. This is how, like, I'm not going to break it down, okay? You've seen it multiple times, I'm sure. It's the greatest thing. And this is how you get me excited for a wrestling match. It's it, it is a tried and true formula. And maybe this is maybe this is because I've watched older, you know, wrestling before, you know, the 2000s. Maybe it's because I do remember promo work. But this this is how you get things going and you make things exciting and proof that when you have the right people in the right positions, you don't need six weeks of buildup to make a match exciting and to have people want to see it. When that promo happened last Friday, we were a week and a day before full gear. The match was not announced. Didn't know what's happening. We had an inkling, right? Because the week before there was the interruption angle. But up until that point, the match wasn't even announced. And Punk and Kingston get out there and they cut one eight-minute promo. And I'm like, you sold me a ticket. If I wasn't convinced about the pay-per-view before, this is this is it right here. I even tweeted out, let's break down the full gear card. Eddie Kingston versus CM Punk. Everything else. Because at that moment in time, at that specific moment when I was listening to that promo, no other match on that card mattered. And that's awesome. It's awesome that pro wrestling is still able to make me feel stuff like that. I'm able to look at a moment, two guys go after each other verbally, and I'm like, oh, God damn, I just want to see them tear each other apart now. And it took one eight-minute promo to think, well, but Glenn, you know, Glenn, you are always complaining about uh, eight-minute promos that you, you don't like. Him. Uh, why uh, now you like this one? Fair, fair question, weird accent guy. Uh, here's here's my response. You do it once. And it's a back and forth that has energy, spontaneity, passion. 
not people sitting on their lines waiting for people to hit their cues. We got two guys who are just probably went over the bullet points backstage and like, okay, let's see what, let's see what happens. And you do it once. You don't do it every fucking week, week after week after week, always in the same spot, starting off the show. Low energy, low tempo. No, this felt, this felt personal. This felt passionate. And this is the thing. I think this is one of the things too that why a lot of people latched on to the promo. And that's because we get two decades of one wrestling promotion doing, you know, scripted, insincere promos. You know, where you're like, people don't talk, people don't talk like this in real life, right? You Sometimes you know how, you know, when there's, exchanges between pro wrestlers in WWE. It's like, people don't talk like that in real life. This, how these two guys were going at, that was real life. That's how people speak to each other when they are heated, when they are mad. Oh, yeah. But they do, it's true. And I am so stoked for this. I am legitimately excited for this match. The content of the promo. Look, I, you know. Even if you were new to wrestling and you didn't, you weren't privy to Eddie Kingston's backstage reputation throughout the 2000s, right? Or, you know, the, or CM Punk's relation backstage reputation at that, you know? Kingston called him out with some hard truths. Like the things that were being discussed in the ring were things that I had heard about that, you know, that were making the dirt sheet rounds that were, you know, being reported on that were rumors, you know? It's, it's all stuff that I had heard about. And, and CM Punk has always had a reputation about being, here we go, difficult to work with for a bunch of reasons, right? At some at some point, you know, I've said this before, you know, just to clear this up, your favorite wrestler at some point has been called difficult to work with by someone somewhere. That's, you know, unqu you know, that's unquestionable. And it means a whole bunch of stuff, but we're not getting into that today. If CM Punk is on you know, a redemption run for his, for his career. I'm, I'm convinced that he and Eddie have some legit beef. I wouldn't go as far as to say that everyone in the locker room didn't want to see him there. Maybe not. Maybe there, there's, there's definitely a couple of people. There's one in particular. I'm pretty sure does, doesn't quite care to see him around. But I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if a guy like, if two guys like Eddie Kingston and CM Punk had some legit beef with each other, wouldn't be shocked for a second that it still, well, no, that it still exists today is what I'm trying to say. And maybe this is a way for them to get past it, to move on, to put, some, put stuff away, you know, it's like, I don't know. But it was entertaining as hell. And then it makes me think about like, who are the people that we consider in WWE to be really good promos, right? 
Who are the people that when we when they cut promos, you're like, this is this is awesome, this is great. You know, I think the New Day in general, right? When they cut their promos, it always feels genuine, feels real. I think Kevin Owens is up there as well. You know, he's a guy, you know, who'll just he'll just always speak and he'll always cut some some great stuff. And then I'm like, okay, so why why do we feel, and why do we feel like these people are Malcolm Bivens? He's I think he he does he's he's a performer. That, yes, but look, it kind of placates my point. <laughs> um, yeah, I when you but when you think about guys like the New Day and 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 Kevin Owens, they cut their promos. Even Sami Zayn, they cut their promos and they don't sound ham-fisted. They don't sound like they're reading lines. And why is it? Because they probably they probably don't memorize the lines. They probably have the leeway to just go out and talk in a way that makes sense, that sounds real, and that comes from the heart. And that's why they're so engaging. That's why you you're like, damn, damn this is this is good stuff here. And it kind of it kind of makes you want to, you kind of want, it makes you want to have more of that. More people who can cut these passionate, real, human promos, right? Not Mark Zuckerberg talking about, you know, fucking meta rooms or whatever promos. We're talking like, Actual living, breathing feelings being pumped into what you're doing. That's what this promo got to. That's how it got to me. That's how it reeled me in. And honestly, it's 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 probably the match I'm most looking forward to on the on uh, on on the entire card. Just because of that promo. Just because I'm like, this is going to be a fight. This is going to be a fight. It's going to be a a dragged out fight. This is my expectation. I'm very, very, very excited to see it. Plus, you know what it does too? Compounds this theory that Eddie Kingston is the modern day Dusty Rhodes. Because now you're now he's like, this is my struggle. This is what I had to go through to get here. This is what I had to do. Great, great, great Rampage. I love Rampage. Such the easiest show ever to watch. You know what else is easy? <laughs> the <laughs> that's not a good way to... That's never That's never a good segue. Anakin JMT left us a super chat. Thank you very much. Um... Because I was going to say, you know what else is easy? Coming over to the Discord to listen to uh, our stage event this Saturday, 2 p.m., full gear chat. I was going to say, it's so easy to come into the Discord, which it is. But I also wanted to underscore the fact that Anakin gave me a super chat and then it all got jumbled in my brain. And now I gave the impression that Anakin is easy, which honestly I can't speak on because I don't know him that well. 
But Anakin, thank you very much. But yes, come and join the join the Mr. Warren Hayes Discord. God damn it. You're making dad mad now. <laughs> come and join the Mr. Warren Hayes Discord. Um, and uh, this Saturday, 2 p.m., we're going to be holding a stage event, which is basically like, you know, like Twitter spaces and all that stuff where uh, we get a moderator, we start a round table, we start talking, we're going to be talking about full gear, which is happening later on in the evening, predictions, opinions, thoughts, everyone can jump, jump in, raise their hand, they come and take their, everyone gets a turn to talk if they want to, they're more than welcome, you can just come in and sit and listen, but it's all in the Discord, link is in the description, do it. AW Dynamite was the, speaking of full gear, it was the full, sh the, it was the, it was the go home dynamite. There we go. Um, yeah, pretty fun stuff. I thought it was a good, I thought it was a, <clears throat> a very good go home show. Started off with uh, Brian Danielson defeating Rocky Romero from New Japan Professional Wrestling. From the uh, the chaos faction, and we all saw the bit at this point, right? Chaos, which is Kazuchika Okada's faction, which includes Rocky Romero, which includes Tomohiro Ishii, which includes Yoshi Hyphen Hashi. Uh, the the chaos has been trimming down. Robbie Eagles is in chaos, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, he's the junior, right? Um, Show? No, yo. No, show. Yo. No, not show. Show's in, uh, show's with uh, the, the, the bad guys. No, yo, formerly Rapongi 3K. And now the inducted, Rocky Romero said, I called my best friend Kazuchika Okada. I love when he, he takes the piss with that every time. This is my best friend. And he said that I can induct you guys. I can add you to chaos. You guys being best friends. Chucky T, Trent, Orange Cassidy, Chris Statlander, making her the first female member of Chaos, and uh, 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 Orange Cassidy and 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 Wheeler Yuta. <laughs> I love how I love what I like the most about this bit, and, I, and I'm still laughing because I still think it's funny. You know, yeah, Rocky was there, was talking about, you know, my best friend, Kazushko Kod, is going to endorse you, he's going to invite you into chaos, our faction, you know, and you and you and you are in, and Chucky's like, I'm already in this, and he's like, hey, well, what do you think, you guys, you want to join? And Orange Cassidy goes, I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> and I, I love it, because you know what? That's exactly what us wrestling nerds sound like to anyone else, especially, look, I'm saying us wrestling nerds, a lot of us who talk about New Japan to people who don't follow New Japan are like, look, you guys are saying words right now, but I don't understand a goddamn thing you're talking about. I loved it. I thought it was hilarious. I'm still laughing about it. I still think it was a great bit. Um, So that led, so that led into, well, it didn't lead into this match. This match was already happening regardless. But good on Rocky to get his match with... Uh, with uh, Brian Danielson, this speculated, this not speculated, but it 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 initiated a lot of speculation in regards to whether or not Kazuchika Okada was going to show up. Uh, got a lot of people excited. I sort of played into it, but you know he didn't show up on Dynamite, and it didn't. It wouldn't have made sense for him to show up 
on a dynamite before the pay-per-view because that would have outshined everything. Would have outshined everything going on leading into the pay-per-view. Now, would he show up at the pape? That'd be pretty dope. I think that'd be fun if he, you know, surprise appearance by Kazuchika Okada. Because look, if Rocky Romero is hanging around AEW and he's like, can I have a match with Brian Danielson? To me, you know, I, I'm not saying I'm having any, I, I'm definitely not saying that I have any insider information. But just knowing how the way the world works, that feels like a little, a little something, something that he may have added within some negotiations to sort of get some, some prime New Japan talent in here. I'm just saying. I'm just throwing that out there. You know, um, we're clearly, unfortunately, but then again, I say unfortunately, but it's all for the right reasons. We're not going to get Tomohiro Ishii versus John Moxley on North American soil. Again, I say unfortunately, but it's for all the right reasons. And, you know, we're, we're all uh, solidly behind um, uh, John Moxley and his um, and his struggle right now. We hope he's doing well. Uh, but, you know, if he is bringing Kazuchika Okada in, you know, he'd be like, you know, I, he's sitting with Tony Khan. He's like, Tony, I can get you. I can get you uh, 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 Kazu. It's not, it's not a big deal. But uh, why don't you give me a match with Daniel Bryan? And Tony Khan's like, why would I give you a match with Daniel Bryan? Well, because if you give me a match with Daniel, if you don't, I'm not going to get you Kazu. And Tony Khan's like, fine. And, you know, Rocky goes, yay. Like, I, I, I definitely, you know, it kind of, because it's a little, it's a match that's a little out of nowhere, for being honest. I like Rocky Romero, don't get me wrong. It, it, you know, it's very out of left field. But, uh, yeah. Uh, it feels like something that he'd add, in, that you'd add into your negotiation things. Anyway, fun little segment. And to answer the question, yes, I did pick up a copy of Mox. I have it digital. I am an ebook reader, audiobook aficionado. But yes, I have picked it up. Uh, not quite as far in as I'd like to, but uh, it's good. It's good. Hey, Conrad! Everything pro wrestling! Nice to see you. Welcome to the chat. Um, 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 inner Circle then come out for an interview. They get attacked by. Uh, by the uh, America Top Team and uh, the Men of the Year, so uh, and 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 the the segment ends with uh, Dan Lambert putting um, uh, Chris Jericho in a Boston crap, the walls of Jericho, right, and having Jericho tap, and I'm doing air quotes here. Um, it, look, if you want my if you want my full thoughts, of course, as I said. On, on this whole angle, the inner circle and America's top top dudes, America's top team, um, head on over to uh, to the full gear uh, predictions, which is already on the channel I've already that I've done with the uh, Queen of Any, as I said at the beginning of the show. Um, but I will say this, you know, I, in regards to this whole angle, it's it's time for it to come to a halt. I think we're good. I'm fine with it. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm actually, you know, I'm done with it is what I'm trying to say. No, it, it, we're good. Let's have the blow off and never speak of this again. However, 
the one thing, as drawn out as this has been, and as big as it's been, like, because it's taken a lot of mind share from the show. I think the payoff isn't going to be all that interesting. But anyway, yeah, you can listen to my full thoughts. But I will point this out here. The one thing that I'm going to miss if if you know if we if the America Top Team is done, Dan Lambert disappearing is going to be a huge bummer because I and I know he's super contentious. I know there's a lot of people who don't like him. A lot of people do. I love what he does because what he is doing, and and he proved it. He he proved no he proved it last week, and he just put the the. The, the cherry on top of that proof this week that he is the penultimate old school wrestling manager who doesn't have an athletic bone in his body who's just a loud mouth, right? And gets thrown, he gets thrown into a match. Remember last week, he starts freaking out. He's like, no, no, not me. I never said that. Don't put me in the match. You know, he's like, nah. And this week, he... He gets to put a wrestler in a wrestling move. Ooh, you know, and it's the wrestler was already knocked out, you know, and he's putting on the move for the visual. And then he's all giddy after that he did it. He is the most Jim Cornette guy out there. Everything we've said it from the start. Lambert is <coughs> excuse me. Lambert is Jim Cornette. Just in the way that he's been addressing the crowds. The 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 uh, the heat that he's trying to get with the AW faithful, that's what he is. He is Jim Cornette, and he he became full blown. And I'm talking manager Jim Cornette, right? Managerial character type wrestler guy from the '80s, Jim Cornette. You know, getting freaking out that he's being put in a match, then having his goons knock out a guy so he can put him in a wrestling move, that is the most perfect, perfect old school wrestling manager shtick I have seen in years. No one has done it better than him at this point. It is a throwback and it is a good one. So when I when I see so many people get upset at what he's saying, <coughs> get upset at what he's saying, get upset at the fact that he's in the match, I'm I'm shrugging and I'm like, but maybe it is because two decades of having things done in one specific hermetic way have led us to believe that you know this is the only way to go. But this it's it's fantastic. Don't kid yourselves. Dan Lambert is a wrestling fan. He is a wrestling fan. Because and everything he's doing is calculate and he's putting the effort into it. He's convincing. He knows what he has to do. He knows what beats he has to hit. He's seen it all. He's seen the manager types. He's, he's looked at tape if he had to. <clears throat> if at this point, <clears throat> if at this point you're not, you don't get his antics, if it doesn't, Make you at the very least chuckle or smirk. I don't know what to tell you. 
Uh, the trios match, uh, the women's trios match, TJ and Thunder Rosa defeating Britt Baker, Jimmy Hader and Rebel was, I thought it was fun. Good, couple of good sequences. I think it is compounded, you know, despite the fact that Ty is the, Tay is the, um, is the next challenger, right? At full gear. Despite the fact that uh, that that she's the next challenger, you know everyone wants Thunder Rosa versus Brit again. I said it earlier. That confrontation they had in the ring, people just got electric about it. This is this is what you want. Wardlow beat the shit out of Wheeler Wheeler Yuta. Jesus Christ, poor Wheeler. And just this weekend, he got the he got the shit beat out of him by Jeff Cobb. He comes into work on Wednesday and he gets the shit shit beat out of him again by Wardlow. Hell of a couple of days for our boy Yuta. <clears throat> then, look, then we get a pair of fantastic matches. Dante Martin and Leo Rush versus Lee Moriarty and Matt Seidel. Fantastic stuff. Just exciting, high-flying, electric, fast. Man, Dante Martin's, you know, high air sunset bomb. It fucking rules. Every time. Leo Rush's, you know, his nervous little quick action, his corkscrew spinning, whatever you, his spinning kill switch that he did. Fantastic stuff. The wrestling, as wrestling fans, we are better off having Leo Rush in the business than out. I am so glad that he's wrestling again. I hope, I hope he sticks around for a while. I hope things go his way. I hope he stays healthy, mentally, physically, because we are better off with him wrestling for us. God damn, this was good. And then my match of the night, and who would have thought going into this, Pac versus Dax Harwood. It's fucking ruled. And this is what's wild. Like, And, and shout out to Cult Icon over on uh, on Twitter for... for uh, for putting me onto this path here. We had a WCW style cruiserweight, well, not a style, but we had a, like a WCW type cruiserweight match just before this one. And now we have a down and dirty physical confrontation with two guys who are just beating the hell out of each other. And in the meantime, commentary's talking about going to TBS. And I'm like, this is great. This is so good. Like I, I'm, I've jumped back 30 years. Look at this shit. And it was such a good match. I loved it. I thought it was really, really good. <clears throat> what I didn't think was as good was the main event contract signing. <laughs> Sorry to bust, burst anyone's bubble, but it was not good. It's not good. Contract signings are not good. The, by definition, they're a trope. They're a tired trope that, and I will maintain this, that is, it, it is simply a, a device used by uninspired creative to try and create something that just doesn't connect. I want to know who gets excited at the words 
contract signing. Who's like, yeah, baby. Whoa. Let's uh, sign some old, good old fashioned paperwork. Yeah. Let's get ourselves some, some pens and some folders and some legal documents to sign. Ooh, bring out a comfortable chair or two. Let's get a table and put put a tablecloth over it. Yippee-hoo! Man, I'm so excited for this, for this good old-fashioned, exciting, Ooh, yeah. fun stuff that is a uh, contract signing. Like, it, it boggles my mind. I don't understand. And here's, look. <clears throat> Maybe you haven't been around as long. Because my dislike of, my dislike of contract signings goes a ways back. <clears throat> and it's kind, it's kind of part of my brand, but it's, <laughs> but it's also very legitimate. Look, I, I, there, there is something baffling to me about setting up a contract signing in front of a television set, even if it is in, in front of a television crowd and in, in an audience, even if it is all in kayfabe, right? If we are doing this in kayfabe, that means, look, just think about this for a second. That means that the main event of full gear in three days from the moment that they're signing this, three days later, the pay-per-view three days later with the match that was advertised as their main event for the world title, there wasn't even, there wasn't even a signature from the main parties involved. So in kayfabe, wouldn't that, wouldn't that imply that the promotion is not very well run? If they're advertising a match that uh, the participants haven't agreed upon, that they don't have, that 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 there hasn't been paperwork actually made out yet, wouldn't in kayfabe? I think it it always gives the organization a bad look because you're like, why are you advertising this match if it hasn't been signed yet? You absolute dopes. Why am I giving you money? But I get it. Okay, this is kayfabe, but not kayfabe as a viewer of a contract signing. There is nothing that turns me off more than people sitting down and relaxing and grabbing a microphone and cutting promos on each other. It is the most low energy, low effort bullshit. And I don't like it. Now, 20 years again of this one company doing it over and over again has driven it into the ground. It doesn't feel special. I would say there was a time that it did feel special. Andre and Hogan felt fucking special. Uh, 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 Ric Flair and Luger, who signed uh, an NWA title contract. I think it was the NWA or maybe like early WCW contract on a fucking yacht. That was cool. But the setup is always the same. Table, chairs, pens, and then, and, and then you were all, it's, it's to the point that we all expect the same things to happen. 
one guy says something, the other guy says something, the other guy responds, the other guy responds, and then it's either chairs start to fly, someone goes through the table, the table gets flipped, then it becomes like, oh, what's going to happen next? But it's it's not even entertaining, it's not even fun, because we've seen it so many times that I'm expecting, when I see it now, I'm expecting something different to happen, something to break the formula, and no, folks, no, Hangman doing the a blade job as we're going off the air and Kenny Omega smearing his blood on a contract. That's not, woo, that's not wacky for me. That, that doesn't break the formula. We're just ending up in the same position as all any contract signings. Like, well, contracts are signed and the heel beat up the baby face. It's always the same thing. It's actually worse when no one gets beat up. I'll I'll concede that. But this was not... And you know what? Here's the thing. is like... I was expecting AEW to do something different. I was expecting them to fuck around with the formula a little bit. Try something else. And I'm like, no. Th- this was essentially every contract signing that I've ever seen in my life. I had, you know... Some people see. I look. I understand that, especially when I'm on Twitter and I'm going nuts about it. Like part of it is a bit, right? You know, a lot of a lot of people who follow me on Twitter and a lot of you as well watching right now or listening right now. You know, you you poke the bear. You come after me. Oh, Warren. You know, I get a lot of ads. A lot of people rep- responding to me, getting to me. Is a oh, Warren Hayes' favorite event. You know, contract signing. And I'm like, so you know, I play into it. Not gonna lie, you know, because it, it's fun. It's a bit. It's it's all right. I do hate them, but it's still, you know, I, I at least try to have fun with the concept of it, right? Um, I don't know where I was going with this. What did I want to say? <laughs> um, uh, 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 contracts. Uh, uh, yeah, so, so the idea, so, okay. So the idea that a contract signing could be a little different isn't all that hard. And this is what I was expecting from AEW. I was expecting them to be like, well... Let's just try something different. Let's, what if, what if Kenny leaves and doesn't sign the contract? Then you got a talking point going into your pay-per-view on Saturday. You could do a little story bump on, on Rampage to just to build it up a little more. I think it's really interesting. Like, but we just fell into the exact same pattern. I'm like, no guys, don't start, don't start this. And, and it ends the show. AEW Dynamite ending the show with a main event segment with a, uh, with pretend paperwork. Where week after week I'm like, you know what the greatest part is with Dynamite? It starts with a hot match, finishes with a hot match, and now it's like, no, we're finishing, we're finishing with with the worst thing, the worst thing. So no, I didn't think it was great. I didn't think it was interesting. I didn't think it was, oh, but they're trying to, no, 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 they didn't try anything. They didn't try anything. They stuck to the formula. And if I, I hate it with one company, I'm going to hate it with the other two. I'm excited for someone. I'm excited for someone to screw around with the formula. Give me something surprising. I've been seeing the same shit for decades now. Do something else. Or just don't do them at all. Don't do them at all. 
Because I had someone, oh yeah, because there, there was someone on Twitter who told me, well, it's a pretext for these guys to cut promos on each other. Last Friday on Rampage, uh, CM Punk and Eddie Kingston didn't need that much of a pretext to cut promos on each other. Just had CM Punk coming out saying, well, apparently Eddie Kingston has a problem with me. And Eddie Kingston comes out and he's like, yeah, motherfucker, I have a problem with you. That's all. The pretext for wrestling, for, for wrestlers cutting promos on each other is we are going to fight. It, you don't need weird gimmicks. You don't need, you know, these press conferences that AEW would do. You know, the, the, the things with the question and answer shit. It's like, it's all too much. Stick to the, ba they're so good at the basics. They're so, so good at just keeping the nitty gritty, bringing, it, bringing wrestling back down to its essence. That when they start doing the sports entertaining things, and I really use air quotes here because, I, you know, I don't, I'm, I'm trying not to be too disparaging. Uh, when they do start doing that, then it feels off. It's weird. Stick to the basics, AEW. You're so good at it. And that's why, that's why so many people are so passionate about what you do. Because you're so good at the basics. Still, enjoyable go-home show. Don't get me wrong. All right, uh, let's go through here. Anakin GMT left us a super chat. He says, I am not easy, old man. Now, hang on. I, this is, look, my kid was talking to me the other day. Old man, this is, here's something to keep in mind. In a couple of years, I will be eligible for the senior citizens discount at the zoo. Who's laughing now? Thank you for the super chat, though. I uh, want to say, also say hello to, uh, the Nicholas Nutter, who's with us. Uh, I also uh, uh, want to say hello to Diego Rafael Solis Rivera. Good to see you as well. And to Kristen Ashley, the first lady of the Mr. Warren Hayes show. Yeah. Hello. Oh, and J.K. Schwal is here as well. Nice to see you. So since we're done talking about AEW, we are going to move into New Japan Pro Wrestling as per voted by the uh, live crowd at the Mr. Warren Hayes show here on youtube.com slash Mr. Warren Hayes. Um, let's see here. Let me pull up my notes. We're good. <laughs> we're good. Uh, New Japan professional wrestling. There's a lot. There's a lot of stuff going on, and, and I'm really excited. And J.K. Schwal just left us a super chat before, just before I jump right in. Thank you very much, J.K. Schwal. He says, uh, "Is it better in your eyes if it ends at handshake? Is it better in your eyes if it ends at handshake? Do you mean, uh, do you mean if a a a?" A contract signing finishes with a handshake instead of people beating themselves up. I'm assuming that's what you mean. I look, it's better if we don't have any contract signings. That's the point. You, you know, if you can't do it, 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 you don't, you know, no. Just don't do it. It's better if we don't. Just not. Don't do it. 
Liz isn't streaming. Welcome to the chat. I'm glad. Thank you for letting us know that you're not streaming, Liz. What a great username. I love it. <laughs> um, the, well, look, I, I'll just touch on what they're asking because I did, I did make a note of it and I forgot to tell. Because a lot of people then... Sorry, I keep talking about contract signing. One of the things that come up often in contract signing is like, oh, well, you know, this, you know, this part of the promo was great. This part of the promo was good. And, you know, so that's what people respond to me. Oh, but the reference to the Golden Lovers, though, wasn't that awesome? Oh, the fact that Hangman was wearing his the same shirt that he wore, you know, at the interview he gave at uh, Revolution, before Revolution. And no. Like it doesn't like, yes, the content is great, but it doesn't make the, it doesn't elevate the contract signing because everything that was said could have been said in any type of promo situation. He didn't have to have both guys sitting at either end of the table to do it. The contract sign, the whole thing, like the, the contract signing gimmick doesn't bring anything to the promo game doesn't bring anything effective it doesn't bring anything original doesn't bring anything that will spur these conversations because the wrestlers can cut promos on each other whenever they want you know they, they don't need this this setup which is ultimately always boring <laughs> you know? they don't need this setup to do it Power struggle happened last weekend uh, in New Japan Pro Wrestling. Um, I, I always I tweeted out like, was this the best the, the 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 best show of the year for New Japan? And I always forget that the Wrestle Kingdom shows are at or you know are in January of the year. Like because there's such a they're, they're always such a closure of the year. I always feel like they're in the previous year, but they are this year, right? So they did happen in 2021. Uh, 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 night two of Wrestle Kingdom was uh, phenomenal. It's just a great show. So no, maybe not the greatest show this year, but goddamn Power Struggle was a good show. It was a very, very strong New Japan show. Uh, I'd probably put it above uh, night uh, night two of... Um, Night two of uh, the, uh, the 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 nights one and two of the G one this year, which I thought were extremely good shows. This was really good. I'm gonna recap. Let's go through it. Some things very quickly. Some things we're gonna we're gonna chew on a little bit. Uh, we had uh, opening match. We had uh, Duki and Kanemaru defeating uh, Fujita and Oiwa, the uh, the two new uh, young lions who are out of the dojo and into the stadiums to get their asses whooped. Uh, it was all right. It was a fine match. Short. Uh, Bullet Club uh, team of Gato, Jado, and Tangaloa defeated Great Bash Heel, making a comeback. The tag team of Tony Makabe and Hanma and Tiger Mask. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's all right. Uh, fine. Still surprised at the ending where Loa got the win using uh, Ape Shit on. Hanma, who has, you know, very clear neck problems. I, I, well, he's had neck surgery, right? His, his neck's fucked up is what I'm trying to say. 
you could have could have had Tiger Mask take the the pin here. Anyway, Tongaloa did most of the work here, so good for him. El Gato Pollo Loco, welcome to the chat. Um. Next, we had the LIJ team of Bushi, Sanada, and Kristen's favorite, Hiromu Takahashi, defeating Master Wato, Taguchi, and Yuji Nagata. Uh, I like this. This was my favorite trios match of, of the show. I thought this was a lot of fun. I like, I really, really like uh, Taguchi, uh, uh, Wato without his stupid blue shit. And as much as I like to meme, I liked to meme on it. I thought it was funny. I think we all thought it was funny. The Master Watto, the blue hair, the get up, the... I, I I think it's good. I think it's good that that he sort of gets rid of, that he got rid of the, the, all the, you know, all the blue shit. I feel like I can take him a little more seriously. That was a fine. It was a fine trios match. Uh, then we had. Um, then we had the House of Torture, composed of Evil, Sho, and Yujiro Takahashi, the Tokyo Pimp, defeating the IWGP Never Openweight Six Men Tag Team Champions, the Chaos Faction of Hiroki Goto, Tomohiro Ishii, and Yoshi Hyphen Hashi. A lot of shenanigans in here. Look, uh, didn't care for it much. And whatever. Look, it's the it's the it's the never six man titles. I don't give a shit. Gato doesn't give a shit. I don't give a shit. Why would anyone give a shit? Now we start getting into the singles matches. The first one we had was the new. Okay, so the King of Pro Wrestling title was on the line. Our boy Toriano defending against Great Okan. And as you know, the King of Pro Wrestling matches are all uh, fought under a stipulation which is voted on by the public. And the choices were, for this one, the winner, the loser get, has to kiss the other one's foot, which was the stipulation offered by Great Okan, because he likes to, because everyone is peasants, <laughs> right? Um, and um, the, uh, and the, uh, 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 the other stipulation was Toriano, and it's stipulation that one was for the match to be wrestled under amateur wrestling rules. Now I thought this was going to be silly, which is you know Yano's thing, and the King of Pro Wrestling stuff is usually you know goofy and you know stip heavy, and I'm like okay what whatever, but they really did it under. Uh, amateur rules you even had yuji nagata who was there as a judge come out to do an explainer for the crowd explaining how the, the the point system right and running through the idea that you know the match would consist of two three minute periods will be judged by yuji nagata and i think um marty asami as well and uh, and, uh, you know, you, you get, you get your points, you doing ta different takedowns, 
um, and, and going into the ropes. Like depending on how you take a, 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 the other guy down, you can score more points if you you know if it's shoulders on the mat, so on and so forth. Like I'm not gonna get into details, and I'm not gonna pretend that I my my, my knowledge of amateur wrestling is really deep because it ain't. And Bulka, Great Okan comes out in a in a singlet. And I was listening to the Japanese commentary. We didn't didn't have the the English commentary at that point. Japanese commentary lost their shit. <laughs> they saw Great Okan come out, not in his you know his his robes and you know like the the goofy Japanese spirit guy. No, he comes out in his singlet, so he's ready to go. Um, apparently, he has lots of amateur background. Toriano, we've talked about it before. He has a lot of amateur background as well. Comes out in his own singlet with the name of his university. The name skips my... I can't remember what his university's name was. But, like, he, he was out there to do it. And and we this is and we actually get, like, an actual amateur wrestling match, you know? Yano gets backed into the ropes. Uh, he... Uh, he uh he scores some po- he scores a point great Okan tosses yano down for a moment uh he uh he gets a he gets another he gets two points because he's able to take uh, yano onto his back and gets another two points look ends the first period four to one great Okan. yano in the second period of course is super aggressive because he has to get those points able to to score a quick point uh, a quick point a Quick point. What's wrong with me? And then uh, uh, Khan able to get back into control, uh, but Yano forces him into the ropes for a point. And then Yano hits a big takedown slam that he scores like four points on it, brings him up. Period ends 6-5. And I'm like, wow, okay. I thought this was like, this was a nice refresher. Because honestly, I'm not a fan of the King of Pro Wrestling matches. I think they're, they're they're too silly they're too goofy uh and and a little stilted like they're not usually fun stipulation matches usually speaking this this was so different and taken so seriously that i was like all right this rules this rules i wouldn't want to start seeing them every other week or even every other month uh like this is something you pull out like once once a year once every eight months, whatever, like give this time to breathe, bring it back. And then you're like, oh yeah, this was cool. I just hope, like, I hope it doesn't become a thing. Is what I'm saying. Cause we'll get bored really fucking quickly, but this was fun. And then, well, once, once Yano was announced the winner, then we go back into the realm of pro wrestling. Cause then Great Khan starts beating him up after the match with uh, Aaron Hanare, who's back. That made me happy. So the uh, United Empire beating up on old, on poor old Yano. But this, I thought this was entertaining. I thought it, it was just different enough and captivating enough and short enough to make it to to make it feel special. I liked it. I thought it was fun. Uh, El Desperado defeated IWGP Junior Heavyweight Champion Robbie Eagles. Got the title back just as we're about to start. The best of Super Juniors. I think it's clear where we're heading here. And I look, Robbie. Look, uh, Eagles took the title off of Desperado, if my memory's right. 
So this is like a full circle kind of thing. Uh, it was a fun match. I thought it was really good. Robbie Eagles is so good. My God, he's he's just really good at pro wrestling. So you can kind of see where they're going with this. I really think we're leaning into Eagles. Uh, not Eagles, but uh, I, I look, I'm going to talk about it in a second, but I here's a spoiler. I think Hiromu Takahashi is going to win the best of Super Juniors again this year. And he's going to, uh, well, when I say again this year, He's going to win once more the Best of Super Juniors tournament. And uh, and he's going to challenge Desperado at Wrestle Kingdom for the belt. And all, and really, that's that's the match we want. Because last year, Hiromu versus Desperado was uh, one of my favorite matches of the year. It was so good. It was such a good, physical, emotional match. I, I think it's a natural... I think it's natural to go back to that at Wrestle Kingdom this year. So, uh, I think that's where we're going. That would be that would be my guess. But as it stands, so put the, the put the title on Despi as we're going into Best of Super Juniors. Uh, fantastic. Let's and, and I, I think I think the Wrestle Kingdom main event is pretty clear at this point. Robbie Eagles though, man. Good little run he had I found with the title. I think it, don't think he has anything to be ashamed of. He's fantastic. And if anything, if anything, it helped a lot of people who maybe weren't as familiar with how good he is to get familiar with him. New Japan better treat him right. I'll tell you that much. Here's another title switch that happened. Kenta defeated IWGP United States Heavyweight Champion Hiroshi Tanahashi. Kenta is your champion now. Strong match. I thought it was fun. Very entertaining. Didn't overstay its welcome. Um, good stuff. Tanahashi, again, you know, you, uh, you always think he's going downhill. Won't be able to perform at that level. He still is. Still can deliver on the big matches. Kenta was great here. But the big story, if you ask me, coming off of this match, which was very good is Kenta, in his post-match comments, calling out CM Punk. Now, that, that right there, that's a Wrestle Kingdom match, right then and there. This is your Chris Jericho heading over to, to New Japan to wrestle Hiroshi Tanahashi kind of level thing. CM Punk... Flying into Japan to fight Kenta? That that's that's how you get new subscribers to New Japan World right there from North America. And frankly, look, here's let's just sit around and dream for a second here. We've been talking, it feels like two years, three years at this point. It feels like uh, like two or three years at this point that we've been talking about Anakin JMT, by the way. Thank you very much. Member for 18 months of the Mr. Warren Hayes Show channel. I appreciate it, man. Leaves a note here. Says Kenta versus Punk versus Sammy versus Danhausen to own the GTS. <laughs> I'm chuckling because you added in Danhausen because he deserves to be in that conversation. That's funny. That's really, I love it. I think it's good. Um, 
but okay, but we've been talking like it feels like for the past three years. New Japan's New Japan of America, you know, we're coming in and you know we're gonna establish ourselves in the American uh, public and my and it's always felt like a start stop kind of thing, like going in and then doing the shows. Like the last shows that they've been doing here haven't been drawn great. Because as much as they're working hard with Strong and signing guys like Tom Lawler and Chris Dickinson and, you know, working with all sorts of independent talent to, to bolster the shows and bring in guys like Jay White, people want to see if you go to a New Japan show in, uh, in America, you want to see the Japanese talent. You want to see the big Japanese names. You want to see the Okadas, the Naitos, the Tanahashis. That's what you want to see. You want to see uh, 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 Kodobushi launch himself off a of shit. That's what you want. So no disrespect to any of the great talent who are working hard to make New Japan Strong something fantastic and trying to get people to sit to, 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 to buy tickets to the shows. Ultimately, it's the Japanese talent that are the draws. Now, if you can't have the Japanese talent for the draws, but you do have an IWGP US champion, why wouldn't you put it around the waist of a guy like CM Punk, who is a draw, and if Tony Khan is, like he said in the show, uh, in the media call today, if the relationship between AEW and New Japan is better than ever, then I think it's plausible to think that CM Punk could work some New Japan of America shows, maybe get some people into the building and sit down and watch the show. I think it's, I think it's a plausible scenario. I think this makes a lot of sense. Kenta's the champ, Wrestle Kingdom, you fly, you fly Phil over there, you have him fight, you have him win, comes back with the belt, and then you have your top American draw for your New Japan shows. Everyone benefits then. Then we had the uh, IWGP heavyweight title number one contendership match. The briefcase, basically. The G1 briefcase, which is now a title. Kazuchika Okada defeated Tamatanga. I don't like the title thing. Like Okada said a couple of weeks ago, I'm not going to carry a briefcase. I'm going to carry the old title around. And that'll be like what I'm going to defend. And it's weird. It's weird. It looks weird. I don't like it. It's, it, it's weird. Especially... When at the end, when he's face to face with Shingo Takagi, who already his title is contested because Will Ospreay says he's the real world champion, he never loses. And then you have Kazushiko Okada holding the old IWGP title over his shoulder, the the prize, right, the belt that everyone fucking loved. That still to this day, people are like, why don't they bring that belt back? You're like, what are we doing here? What is this? It. Like I look at that and I'm like, I did, yes, we know the, the fucking Divas title, the Cody neck tattoo title that Shingo was holding. It's ugly compared to that one. Look, we can see it right here. I don't know why they're doing it. And Okada wins his match against Tamatanga and he goes to the back and he's at the top of the ramp and he hoists it up. And I'm like, what is he doing? 
It's not a, it's not, it's not a real title. And and on top of that, it's the title that we love. It's the title, it's the title that is unironically loved, right? And people have always referred to as a good looking title, like a prize. I, I, I don't understand the decision to do that, to bring it out and, 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 and carry it around. It, it, it's, is Okada compensating for something? Is he trying to tell us something? Like, I don't know what it is. It's weird. It's weird. It's a weird, 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 weird decision. But this match was not weird. It was very good. It was very good. And you know what? I am here for the Tomatonga singles run in 2022. I'm here for that. You guys know what I, you know, I what I think about the, you know, the the tag team division in, in New Japan. Loa and and Tama both had fantastic G1 performances. And Tamatanga comes out, semi-main event position here, singles match, looks like a million bucks. Sure, he's wrestling one of the best in the world who can help him through and make him himself look like a million, help him look like a million dollars as well. Sure. But even throughout the G1, Tama had great matches. Now we're going here, he's having, he had a particularly great match here. Uh, let's keep going. Never mind the the gorillas of destiny can, can can reunite whenever. Like I'm not excited for another fucking dangerous techers uh, gorillas of destiny thing. I'm not looking forward to it. It's always the same shit. And you look at Tama and you look at him in the match with Okada and you're like Gato, this is a guy that if you wanted you could instantly elevate. This is a guy you could make main event material out of that people would buy into a lot more a lot more than with evil this is a guy that you could if you wanted to push him higher you wanted to get him up there you absolutely could because i think tamatanga tamatanga set out in the g1 with something on his mind he, i got something to prove here i've got something to prove and i'm gonna shine here and he did and he comes out of it goes into the singles match power struggle and he shines again this guy is legit. He's for real. And he's put a lot of people who critiqued, uh, who would, and I, myself, I'm including myself in this. Uh, he silenced a lot of critics with these performances, with these matches. I swear, I'm here for the 2022 Tomatonga run. Make it happen. Main event was uh, Shingo Takagi, your IWGP World Heavyweight Champion, successfully retaining his title against Zack Sabre Jr. I love this match. I think it was fantastic. I thought it was great. The story of this match here. Look, it, when it started with Shingo, uh, Zack Sabre Jr. was just screwing around with Shingo having an answer for everything that he was doing. You know, like Shingo just coming around. He, this one moment where he's got, he being Zack Sabre Jr., he's got Shingo in a cravat. And Shingo brings his, one of his beefy arms back to sort of break out of the cravat, right? And he swings over. <clears throat> Junior releases the, releases the cravat. So uh, he releases the cravat. Uh, the momentum, of course, carries 
uh, 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 Shingo through, and whoop, Saber gets the gets the karate right back on. Fantastic stuff. And the story here, it's not complicated. It's not, it's not a complicated match. Zack Saber Jr.'s skill versus Shingo's brute force. And Zack is transitioning in and out of everything. Wheelbarrows into arm bars. It was fantastic stuff. PKs the shit out of Shingo on the floor. Zack Sabre Jr. counters a sliding D into an arm lock and an arm crank and then works the arm. Look, just great stuff. And then they have this fantastic fighting spirit moment, right? This, you know, these bursts of chain of the of chain moves fighting spirit snap german by zack saber jr shingo right back up hits a saito suplex goes for some elbows zack counters the elbows with an arm kick ducks a lariat hits the ropes hits uh, a, la, uh, a la mystica shingo gets right back up hits him with a lariat Zack Sabre Jr. hits right back up, hits him with a PK. Both dudes are down. Fantastic sequence. Fantastic stuff. Shingo tries to put, uh, not Shingo, Zack Sabre Jr. tries to push Shingo away with a couple of Zack drivers. He can't do it. It's a last of the dragon, of course, that puts it away. I highly recommend this match. I thought it was great stuff. A, a very fun show to watch. You know how sometimes I say there's, you know, there's sometimes, and I said this a couple of times during my G1 coverage, like, you know, I, the, there's no, there's no show here where I would, where I would recommend someone to get it, who wants to get into New Japan, right? Where I would outright recommend them to, here you go. This is, uh, this is the match you want, kind of, this is the show that you should get into and to, to start it. This is one of those. This is this is a match that I would introduce a non-watcher to New Japan with. I thought it was fantastic stuff from top to bottom. Really good stuff. Check it out. Check it out. Check it out. And then the so throughout all of this, this is set the Wrestle Kingdom main event. Shingo Takagi versus Kazuchika Okada. Okada clearly is not going to be defending uh the uh the briefcase the number one contendership the iwgp title oh, fuck he's not gonna be doing that anymore clearly shingo may maybe shingo will have a, a defense on the way but the the main event is set but then in the meantime we've got world tag league and the best of super juniors that are starting up this weekend First of all, best of super juniors, of course, with the junior heavyweights, it's the equivalent of the G1, but for the heavyweight, the lightweights, excuse me, the junior heavyweights. Uh, tournament starts this Saturday, November 13th. This weekend, 12 participants in one block, uh, which is fun because there were 10 participants last year. We're getting 12 this year. El Desperado, the current IWGP junior heavyweight champion, uh, is in the tournament. As well as Hiromu Takahashi, Taiji Ishimori, Sho and Yo, Bushi, Robbie Eagles, uh, Taguchi, Master Wato, Duki, El Fantasmo, and Yoshinobu Kanemaru. Um, the only thing that bums me out 
because these are, you know, there's most of these guys are absolutely fantastic. Uh, <laughs> I did say most of these guys. The one thing that bums me out is, again, COVID, Japanese restrictions, travel, blah, blah, blah. Keeping this, the international exchange away from the best of super genius field again this year. One of the most fun things about uh, the best of super junior stuff is when uh, we get we get luchadors coming in from uh, from Mexico or you know just cruiserweights from anywhere else. <laughs> you know just that <clears throat> that's one thing that bums me out here a little bit. I'm not gonna lie, um, but it's still gonna be it's a good field because these are all fantastic wrestlers. Again, my prediction is that Hiromu's going to win the tournament. He's going to win the block here. Uh, I'll probably dig into it a little more. Maybe do a quick video breaking down the uh, um, breaking down the uh, the blocks and so on and so forth. I'll see. But I'm, I'm you know, I won't be doing as extensive a coverage as I did with the G1. But still, I love uh, Best of Super Juniors is always a fun. It's a fun tournament. It's good times to be had by all. And then uh, the next day on November 14, we have the be the beginning of the 12 team round robin tournament of World Tag League. The teams are Hiroshi Tanahashi and Toriyano, Great Bash Heel team Togi Makabe and uh, Hanma, Tenkozi also being in here, Hiroshi Hiroyoshi Tenzan and Satoshi Kojima, Bread Club shout out, Yuji Nagata and Tiger Mask. Hiroki Goto and Yoshi-Hashi. Tetsuya Naito cleared for competition, making a comeback versus Sonata. The Dangerous Techers team of Taichi and Zack Sabre Jr. Minoru Suzuki and Taka Michinoku making his return after that little scandal andal. Rumor going around is that the uh, locker room isn't uh, necessarily thrilled to see him back. Apparently he's a pain in the ass. United Empire is going to have their team in here. Great Okan versus Aaron Hanare. Gorillas of Destiny, of course. Evil and Yujiro Takahashi. The Tokyo Pimp are going to be a team. And Bad Luck Folly versus Chase Owens. That is about the extent of it. I don't like... I Not that I... Look. The tag division in New Japan is... Uh, is, a, is an afterthought. It's um, it's stale as hell. Talk about how WWE's tag team division is nothing. Well, it's the same thing in New Japan. So I can get excited about World Tag League. I said, and this is the one thing that shocks me. I will. I was convinced that Aussie Open, who fantastic British, uh, well, they're working the Brit in Britain right now in Rev Pro, but a fantastic tag team. From Australia, of course, who were included uh, as members of the United Empire. I was sure they were going to show up for World Tag League. They're not there. That would have been my impetus to get even remotely interested in World Tag League this year. But I'm not. World Tag League. I, there'll probably be some very good matches, but it's it's the tag division. It sucks. Thank you for sticking sticking around, everyone. Not done yet. Not done yet. We're still going to talk about WWE. That was the topic that was voted on to for me to end last here. 
But uh, just before I do talk about WWE, Jay White's contract status. There's been a lot of talk over the past week that somehow Jay White's contract is going to be up soon, right? And then, oh, no, it's not going to be up. Uh, like, there's a lot of stuff going around. Did an interview with Fightful, Sean Ross Sapp, you know, where he, he was very cagey about the details, despite the fact that Fightful reported on his contract. There's reports out there saying that um, uh, there, there's, there's reports saying that, you know, he... He signed a long-term contract, but, and I remember, look, last year, in 2019, these same types of reports were going around. People were like, Jay White's time with the company is up. No, he signed a seven-year contract in 2018, so he's good for a while still. Now, suddenly, it's a five-year deal, but now no one knows when the start date was. Oi, I know when I'm getting worked, okay? I know when I'm getting worked. And I'm getting, we're, we're getting worked right now. And it's fine. I'm not mad. I just like, I'm seeing all of this going around. I'm like, and then suddenly the end of the year is coming up. Look, and let's just think about, let's just think back. Not even a year ago in January, there were rumors that he was going to show up at the Royal Rumble. You remember at New Year's Dash where he left, he left the match and was like, I'm done with this company. You know, he hit, he had these very weird you know, post-match comments where he's like, I'm done, you know, and he disappeared for months and people are like, he's going to show up at the Royal Rumble. You're, I'm, if you follow New Japan, I'm, I hope you remember that. And I think even if you weren't following New Japan, if you were a WWE fan watching the Royal Rumble, you're like, oh, Jay White, no, Jay White, Jay White. That was a whole meme. He didn't show up. Of course he didn't show up. And then when he did come back to New Japan, when he did wrestle again, we were all sort of disappointed that New Japan didn't lean into the fact that he was disgruntled anymore, you know? People were like, uh, he's just back, you know, and he's back. And I agree, there could have been a little something there. I don't know. Look. I know when I'm getting worked, and we're getting worked right now. By whom? Probably Jay White himself. He doesn't care. He's a heel on top of that. And the, you know, he he he's the kind of guy who really works. He works that fine line between reality and fiction. He'll tell you stuff, but maybe he's not exactly the truth. And that's fine. That's what a wrestler does. Don't have a big deal with it. But um, I'll tell you one thing. There's one thing for sure. New Japan has unquestionably learned their lesson in regards to the the gay the guy gene exodus, right? When fucking Kenny Omega and the Bucks and you know all you know all essentially the Ring of Honor talent, everyone that turned into AEW, right? When they all left, I'll tell you one thing: they learned their lesson. They're not putting the straps. They're not putting titles on anyone who doesn't commit to long-term uh, contracts. You know, Will Ospreay is reported to have signed a five-year contract. Reported, right? Uh, and he gets and he gets the belt, right? He's the, he he get he gets the the title strapped on him. Jay White, right now, he's the never open weight champion. What's next for him? I mean, look. 
he could whatever happens happens right you ask me you know new jay white is a made man in new japan his career is set there he isn't even 30 yet right hey google how old is jay white 29 years old he's about to be 30 um so so if he's still got years years ahead of him regardless of where he goes but even years for new japan and even if he does go somewhere else which is plausible because it happens we've seen it happen with with new japan talent that decide to go wrestle in other promotions even if he he could go to he could end up in noah for all we can, for all we know maybe he just maybe he likes wrestling in japan and know a place like pro wrestling noah would welcome him with open arms and maybe he would come to AEW or god forbid wwe but you know i don't know uh, but i'm pretty sure wherever he does end up he's not going to be welcomed he's not going to be treated as well or as hang on let me say that again he won't be treated as big of a star as he is in new japan in new japan he is a main event guy he's cracked the ceiling he's at the top there look at last year wrestle kingdom he inserted himself they put him into the main into the main event of night one that's just how it is now maybe he wants to do other stuff i don't know that like that's up to him but as far as you know the jay white contract stuff goes i wouldn't be surprised if this turns into an annual thing until it actually becomes real because there were all these rumors all this information that was put out last uh end of 2019 and into january oh his contract is up his contract is up but it's not up but it is we're we're doing the exact same thing the exact same thing Anakin JMT left us a super chat. Thank you very much. He says, I'll place a bet on whether Jay's contract is up. Okay, what kind of bet? What's the bet? What kind of bet would you like to put on this? 10 Canadian rubber bucks? <laughs> Gonna wrap this up by talking about WWE. Just to wrap this up. I have one thing to talk about in regards to WWE. Just this one thing. And it's the main event from this Monday night on Raw. I'm sitting watching Raw. Main event starts. Like the main event, the presentations, the intros start. It's like 10.30, 10.35 Eastern, right? When it starts. And I'm like, oh, hell. they're Okay, we're going long. We're getting, we're getting time in here sweet cool get into it and just to refresh right just to refresh uh, uh uh kevin owens versus seth rollins was the main event and the match starts and it goes and i'm into it and i like it two two world-class professional wrestlers given time given wiggle room to do what they want and the guys are going hard they're going way too hard if you ask me for a match that has no stakes that has 
nothing to it, right? And I'm in, but I'm into it. And I'm sitting down watching this. And I'm like, ooh, and I'm reacting. And I'm going, ah, oh, yes. And you know what happens? I forget I'm watching a WWE show because I'm into the match, because I'm excited about it. And that's to the credit of the dudes who are wrestling there. They made me forget as I'm watching them go that I am in the world of dumbass, uh, of dumbass, poorly booked finishes. Because when the dumbass, poorly booked finish occurs, my bubble bursts, I get deflated, and I get mad. And it's not even a... And, it's 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 an aggravation that comes from having a non-finish, having a great match, a really legitimately good, solid main event television match that is even going above and beyond what they should be doing. Having that happen and getting the 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 wind taken out of the sails like that. I shrug. I'm like, it's my fault. It's my fault. I let my guard down. I forgot that this was WWE. Why could not, why could we have not gotten a satisfactory conclusion to this match? Because it wasn't satisfactory. It wasn't. And I got all the arguments and I was expecting for uh, expecting them all. If both guys are protected, if you can't have one of the two performers lose a match because you need to protect them both, don't book the match. That's basic shit. You can't protect if you protect everyone, no one gets over. No one, there's there's no resolution to the match. Nothing, everything that you just watched was for naught. Because everything we just watched was for naught. Well, no, Warren, it wasn't for naught because it, 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 made, it made Kevin Owens do a heel turn. You could have had Kevin Owens do a heel turn even if you got a... A, 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 a sincere loss, like a real resolution, a, a true-to-form pinfall loss, for instance. You could have. You really, really could have. And you know what? It would have fueled the, the, the heel turn even more. It would have made, have it made even more sense. Imagine Kevin Owens loses the match, uh, loses the match, He's pissed off in the ring. Maybe Big E comes in to console him and Kevin snaps. Or maybe Big E doesn't console him. He's like, well, what are you going to do? And then he snaps. Like, none of this needed to happen in the way it did. Then it's like, oh, this is how it happened. So then people get the, like, you know, get tunnel vision. It's like, well, what have you, what have, what would you have done, Warren? I wouldn't have booked the match in the first place. And if I'm going to book the match, one of the two guys is going to lose. He's going to lose proper because this match is too good. Too much investment, too much energy. And that, this is something that I've talked about for years at this point. 
WWE doesn't reward you as a viewer to watch their programming. It doesn't give back. It will take, it will take, and it will tell you, oh, no, you're not reacting the way we want you to. You're, you're not saying nice things. Complaining isn't conversation. They'll chide you. Instead of doing the easy thing and just giving you compelling reasons to watch, getting invested, I would have been... I would have been pissed. Look, I was pissed off that, that Owens lost. But Seth Pins, Kevin Owens makes sense in the story. I would have been disappointed because I love Kevin Owens, one of my favorites. But then he gets the heel turn. You're like, ah, all this makes sense now. Now it's just like, this is all bullshit. It's all bullshit because the last 25 minutes, 20 minutes that I watched these guys wrestles was for nothing was for nothing. We didn't get a proper resolution. It didn't come to a conclusion. It just like, it just like, well, we spilled the milk. <clears throat> We're serving you a nice tall glass of milk. Uh, we knocked it over. And it's, it's frustrating. Because you know what? I was excited to, when I was, what I, and I legit, I wrote it in my notes. As I was watching the match, I was like, I am excited. I put a note to say, I'm excited to talk about something really good on WWE on the podcast. I'm excited. And then the match, the, the finale happens. I'm like, none of this mattered. None of it mattered. Why was I invested in the match if the conclusion is this? And it was such a stupid bump. Big E is accidentally in the way and oh, he bumps into him. Oh, it's all an accident. It's a big misunderstanding. It's so stupid. And it just, because it, it looks contrived. Nothing organic about it. They, they try too hard. And this is what end up, ends up happening. Here's some pro wrestling, Warren. We, 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 like, you, we know you like pro wrestling. Here's some pro wrestling. And then Vince and Bruce arrive. They start fucking around with it. And then I'm like, ah. One thing that WWE is doing really, really well it's the Naomi Sonya Deville feud, which honestly, right now, is their best booked feud on the entire roster right now. Taking their time. It's smart. It's interesting. Little story beats. The story advances week after week. There's a little something more, a little something more, a little something more. That's good. That's for the rest. Oh boy. Oh boy. Anyway. That was the weekly wrestling inspection. Well, there you have it, folks. Another big podcast is out of the way. We just, we just done that. But hey, you know what? If you want to come talk, continue talking about professional wrestling with myself and the members 
of the Mr. Warren Hayes Show channel, become a member. You can do it now. Come and join us in a couple of minutes. I'm starting up a stream where we are going to be talking about AW Full Gear. I want to hear from you. This is where we sit down and we really have a proper conversation. Not just me screaming into the void and looking over at the chat and saying, hey, you. you know, we actually chit-chat. In the Discord, we get Discord calls, Discord chat, live chat here. Uh, uh, come on in. Come talk about Full Gear. Become a member of the Mr. Warren Hayes Show channel and you can do that right, right fucking now. But hey, if not, I hope you guys have a great rest of your week. Hope you have a great weekend on top of that. Have a great Full Gear weekend. If you're going to be watching it, enjoy the show. Uh, otherwise, uh, have, have a good time, everyone. Thank you for joining me live tonight, everyone. We'll see you next time.